Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high hello everybody in Broncos country and welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host Lance Sanderson and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle senior NFL draft analyst and a full-time content creator for milehighhuddle.com, the one and only Eric Trickle. Man, Eric, so after this last week, obviously, you know, the Broncos dominating victory over the the Detroit Lions, uh, honoring Demarius Thomas, a lot of really cool um, numerical statistics and facts and stuff like that came out of that. Um, Things are looking up. The Broncos sitting at seven and six right now, and quite honestly, are about to go into the uh, the biggest December football game this team has played since 2015. Like quite honestly, there's playoff ramifications here. They're they're playing against a team that also has playoff ramifications in the Cincinnati Bengals. Man, how are you feeling this week? I'm feeling good. I mean, it was a kind of step back a little bit this week. I mean, last night I went and saw the new Spider-Man movie. Nice. And then I spent my day, most of my day watching the second season of The Witcher. So kind of took a little bit of step back after spending some time watching the Bengals and focusing in on it. And like, it's just nice to kind of, you know, refresh my mind, take that little break and everything like that. And as these next few weeks come and go, I mean, there's a lot on the line. I mean, the Broncos, as I've been saying for a while now, we have meaningful games in December for the first time since 2016. And this is the biggest game that Denver has had in December since, as you said, 2015. I mean, in 2016, Denver sat eight and four entering in the final stretch and they finished nine and seven. And so like, it's nice that we have this chance, but this inconsistencies of this team can be bothersome and worrisome. So it just, (laughs) as we get into the stretch again, it was just nice to take a step back and just kind of, you know, just let just take a little breather, refresh, and everything. But I'm excited. It's always nice to see your team having a chance, even if they make it. I don't think they'll go far. But once you get in the playoffs, you you give yourself a chance at least. Yeah, absolutely, man. And quite honestly, the the Bengals are in the exact same situation. They're coming in. They haven't played meaningful football games in December in several years now. I mean, going back to maybe even, what, 2011, 2012, something like that. It's been a long time for the Bengals to be in this kind of a situation. So quite honestly, and going back full circle to Spider-Man here, these teams are like the Spider-Man meme. They're standing across from each other, both in Spider-Man costumes, pointing at you, you. They're the same team, guys. They have a lot of quality talent, really good running games. They rely heavily on their defense. One team just happens to have an explosive offense on the other side of the football field. We're going to get into that just a little bit later, but guys, before we get into everything, the full content of our show, which it says things about the playoffs here, but I'm changing the topic now to uh, 15 reasons why Eric Trickle wants the Broncos to re-sign Melvin Gordon to a $5.2 million oh. contract. <laughs> I'm just <playing. laughs> We might get into that here in just a minute as well. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order 
of Broncos tickets. Yeah. Again, guys, mybookie.ag, uh, use the promo code MHH, double that deposit as soon as you get there. Um, and feel free to, you know, go gamble on some sports. I've been doing it all season, um, not on my bookie, but uh, I'm going to get to those guys here soon. Uh, anyways, guys, today our topic is obviously the Broncos are in a playoff stretch and they're they're pushing for the playoffs for the first time since uh, 2015 when they won Super Bowl 50. So they're in kind of rare air here. We just haven't been able to do something like this for a while. So we decided we're going to go and add, this was actually Eric's idea to go out and use a playoff simulator. And we're going to run through all four of the next weeks for you guys, um, specifically for teams that the Broncos need to look at uh, that matter in the playoff picture. And we're going to start it off. Eric, you want to bring that up really fast here. Um, obviously this week, the, the Broncos plain and simple, they just need to keep winning football games. They have to start this week by beating the Bengals. Um, but to start everything off, the, obviously the the big the big game that they needed to have this week specifically for the division and also to get a team that uh, was hot on their heels or actually a little bit ahead of them in the playoff chase is the Chiefs versus the Chargers and the Chiefs handled their business. Now, right after that, you have this Patriots and Colts game, and this is an incredible matchup. The the Patriots are currently uh, sitting at uh, where where are they at? Uh, eight and four, I believe right now, um, the Colts sitting at seven and six. So this, this game has a lot of playoff implications. Now, Eric, what do you think about uh, new England versus Indianapolis? Well, I think one of the best things about it is that we get the game tomorrow. So we get to go into Sunday, having a better idea of where the Broncos stand. I mean, there's a couple other games and we'll get to those here in a few minutes that, that matter this week as well. But this is a game that the Colts, they're, they're, playing good football and they're playing co pretty good complimentary football but the patriots i mean they just look hard to beat at the moment mac jones is playing solid football i mean the game their last game obviously in that bad weather winning with only throwing three passes i mean they're able to run the ball their defense is consistently strong like i have a uh i have a hard time seeing the patriots lose this one which is the best news for the broncos if they want to go and make a push for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously Indianapolis, they're kind of streaky as well. They're hit and miss. You never know exactly what team you're going to get. Hence the reason they're seven and six right now, but they're leaning heavily on Jonathan Taylor, who is an absolutely amazing running back. He leads the league in rushing right now. Um, had a crazy game a couple weeks ago where he scored four or five touchdowns, something like that. Um, their defense is playing pretty decent football, but it really relies on the arm of Carson Wentz and he just can't stay consistent this year. Uh, again, I, I think that new England is probably going to walk away with this win, which death death, definitely helps the the Broncos in their playoff push uh we we've already picked you guys can see on the screen here we've already picked some of these games these games don't matter we're not necessarily going to talk about you know the New York Jets and the Dolphins uh Houston and Jacksonville those teams are pretty much going to be out of the playoff picture at this point and the teams are playing have no no scope on the Broncos so the next game that could potentially have some playoff uh implications would be Tennessee versus Pittsburgh but not really I mean if Pittsburgh wins that hurts the Broncos a little bit because it clusters up the the AFC playoff picture a little bit there but I mean Tennessee probably is going to win that game and it's not necessarily going to matter in the most part and Claude jumping in here uh thanks Claude we appreciate you for that um, for, for some stars up there on, on Facebook uh, saying, go Broncos, and we, we appreciate you, man. Uh, Tennessee versus Pittsburgh, Eric, this was one that you and I kind of talked about. There's not a whole lot of uh, implications here, but is there something more to this game? I mean, if Pittsburgh wins, it keeps them in the hunt for the wild card spot. I mean, obviously everything it revolves around Denver winning. They have to, in my opinion, they have to win at least three games, get themselves to 10 wins, and that puts them in a good position to make the playoffs. If they can win all four, then I think they do make the playoffs. So winning three is what we're looking at. So they have to win this week. And that's the biggest thing here. If they win this week, they'll go up to eight wins. And Pittsburgh with the win, they'll go up to seven. Um, what is it? Seven, six, and one, seven, five, and yep. one. Seven, six, and one. Yep. Seven. Yeah. Seven, six, and one. No, seven, seven, and one is what it would be. Okay. And um, so they would still be right there in the playoff hunt. And it makes things a little bit more difficult if the Broncos can't manage to get those three wins. If they only manage to go like two and two, that could be a move that keeps them out of the uh, potentially out of the playoffs, depending on what Pittsburgh does. But again, it all comes back to Denver. If they can go to get themselves to eight and six, they're in a good position. They control their own fate. And anyways, I don't think that Tennessee will lose this one. Um, even going on the road to Pittsburgh, it's one that I think they will win. And as I said, going to go ahead and mark off Denver having to win because if Denver wants to make the playoffs, they've got to win these games. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one last cliff note on the the Tennessee and Pittsburgh game. Uh, If uh, Tennessee does win this game, that means that Pittsburgh is uh, unable to win 10 games. And in this cluttered AFC playoff picture, 10 wins is probably the threshold. So you're going to have to get there. In essence, if Pittsburgh loses this week, they could be completely eliminated from playoff contention. I mean, they're not 100%. They still have a shot to get there, but they would need a lot of help. They need Cleveland to lose, uh, Cincinnati to lose, Denver to lose multiple times. Uh, They've got a long ways to go here. This next one, though, the Las Vegas versus Cleveland game. And there's some big implications on this one, especially with the news that happened earlier today. And Claude jumping back in here really fast with uh, with another uh, generous donation here. A great insight, fellas. Thanks for breaking these scenarios down for you. Hey, no problem, man. And uh, we, we appreciate you guys for joining us because this is a, a fun conversation. There's a lot of different ways that this can go. And we just thank you all for joining us tonight on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Now, Back at it here, uh, Las Vegas and Cleveland. Cleveland is currently having an outbreak of COVID right now, and they have had, I think it's like 20 total players and 11 starters tested positive over the past couple of days, including uh, Jadevian Clowney, who was the 11th starter today that just tested positive. So that game, which was supposed to be played tomorrow, actually got moved to Monday, which then, as Mark Jackson or uh, Mark Davis put out on his Twitter account saying that it was uh, um, a, a competitive disadvantage for the Raiders because now they're they're going to be moving into a short week after the Monday game. This game is huge, absolutely huge, because Vegas can play some spoilers here. They're kind of on the outside looking in in the playoff hunt, and Cleveland is def- definitely right there in the in the thick of things. So the Broncos really need Vegas to win this game somehow. Yeah, I'm looking at the Raiders. They currently sit at six and seven. So getting to seven and seven isn't a bad thing. It's kind of like the kind of like the whole situation with the Steelers. If the Broncos win, they can be a game up on the Raiders. And if the Broncos lose and the Raiders win, then it just again it just muddies up the whole wild card playoff race and really decreases the chances of the Broncos making it. So as dirty as it is to say, and how dirty it makes me feel, gotta root for Las Vegas this week. Yep. I mean, having them win on the road with everything i think they can pull it out with everything that's going on the whole disadvantage of it but this is a team that they started off hot and they're they're doing their typical raider back end fall that they typically that they have they've done over the last few years and the the browns they're still pushing for it as you said this is a week that we really need the raiders to be spoilers denver still has a game over them even though they lost the one earlier that can help with some tiebreakers there as well so that they need the Raiders to win this one, and that it's as simple as that. Going on to a short week that will help the Broncos next week against the Raiders, but it all starts with this week. Denver has to have the Raiders to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Travis jumping in here with some stars. Thanks, Travis, for joining us tonight. Uh, good evening, Lance and Eric in Broncos country. This Broncos team has been up and down all season. We'll need lots of help from other teams. For Denver themselves, it's all going to be on the shoulders of the defense and Williams and Gordon because the passing game has disappeared. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the recipe for success for this Broncos team has been, quite honestly, running the football effectively. And over the last you know three weeks, they've done that. Um, specifically against the Detroit Lions, you know, and just kind of letting Teddy do his thing, manage the game, not make very many mistakes, if any mistakes. Uh, lean on Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon down the stretch and let that defense go and do their things. Uh, there's actually a really interesting piece up at milehighhuddle.com. I'm going to plug this for Thomas Hall. Uh, he dropped three crucial things that the Broncos need to have clicking for uh, this team to, you know, make a playoff run down the stretch here. Um, two of them were uh, the running game and also – getting the defense to start getting some more takeaways. Uh, they have 12 interceptions, not very many fumbles this season. I think it's a 16 total takeaways if, uh, off the top of my head. I can't remember that exact number. But uh, the defense and the, and the running game are for sure the uh, the keys for this team to uh, make that, that playoff stretch. I mean, there, there's no denying that the passing game hasn't been great or consistent. But I don't think that saying it's disappeared is exactly fair. Because when you're able to run the ball as effectively as the Broncos have been the last few weeks, you don't need a strong passing game. You just need an efficient one that's not going to turn the ball over. The issue with the Broncos passing game, and we saw it against the Kansas City Chiefs, is when they get behind, they're not ones that can come up and get you. It's not a strong enough passing game to come back and get the get the lead back or put themselves in a position to stay in the game. They start to fall back. 
that's what the issue is with the passing game. It's not that it's disappeared. It's just that hasn't been needed. It wasn't really needed against the Chargers. They ran the ball so effectively. wasn't really needed against the Lions, even though that was one of their better passing games and really efficient passing games so far this season because they ran the ball so well. They got a, quite a few short-yarded situations, and they were able to turn it over into points. They had nine drives. They scored on six of them. So, I mean, or seven of them, six or seven of them. So it's just that they need the passing game to be there when they need it. Yep. And it just, it's been consistently not the case. Right. And what's the easiest way to make sure that you don't need your passing game, have an effective running game, play good defense. Don't let the opponent score and control the clock. So the Broncos have a winning recipe and, eventually, you know, Teddy's going to hit something. Uh, he's going to throw something deep. Uh, they they finally got Noah Vant involved in, or Noah Fant involved in the, uh, in the vertical passing game this last week, a big 32 yard catch down the right sideline. So that's pushing the ball down the field a little bit, but still that was the only play that the ball traveled more than 21 yards in the air. I mean, they, they've got to have some more explosiveness to the offense in general, but they don't absolutely need to have that if the recipe that they have for success is actually working out and creating a good dinner. Because quite honestly, if they're not cooking well, then it's it's going to be tough sledding. Uh, last little cliff note here for the Cleveland game that I want to say. Uh, obviously, the, the Broncos lost to the Raiders earlier this season. They can get one back on the Raiders next week. But this is a huge game again because and the Broncos desperately need the Raiders to win this game because they already lost to Cleveland once this season. So that's a huge tiebreaker game there. And if the Raiders lose and uh, Cleveland manages to win, that just puts the, the, it makes the sledding a little bit tougher for the Broncos. Now, a surprising game that actually matters desperately for this Broncos team is the Carolina uh, at Buffalo game. And Buffalo, the reason why I say it's a surprising game is because Buffalo last season was in the AFC Championship game. This year, they can't seem to get out of their own way. Their running game is ineffective. They lost an embarrassing game to the Jacksonville Jaguars a few weeks ago. They're sitting currently, I, I believe they're at 7-6 and six as well, one of the logjam teams that's, in, that's in the, right in the thick of things in the playoffs. Carolina has to win this football game, man, and they have the ability to do so. Um, Carolina has been playing so poorly. They can't figure out what's going on at quarterback. Denver, if Carolina manages to win this and New England beats the Colts and the Raiders beat the Browns, the Broncos are and the Broncos win. They're the fifth seed Yep. after this week. So you want the Panthers to win. It's just even though Carolina can't get out of their own way or the Buffalo Bills can't get out of their own way, Carolina is the bad and not having any idea what they're doing at quarterback and there's issues with their coaching staff i mean joe brady wasn't doing a great job but he ended up kind of being scapegoated a little bit so there's a lot of issues there and i just don't think that they'll be able to pull it pull it away and it makes things tough difficult but the broncos in a way kind of control their own fate and buffalo winning isn't a killer for the broncos playoff hopes it just means that they can't get to that fifth seed like they could if carolina wins yeah, uh, it, Carolina. As far as their pass rush is concerned, they could probably you know make a little bit of action in that in that game. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to pull it off. Josh Allen's just too good. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it'd be great if Carolina could. Now the uh, the other game for this week specifically, Green Bay at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore obviously missing Lamar Jackson. They might be on a tailspin. Um, it doesn't sound. I'm not sure if Lamar has been uh, announced as out, but I know that his uh, his availability for the game was in doubt, quote unquote. Uh, so we could see Tyler Huntley here. This is another big one because the as far as the AFC West is concerned, obviously you have the the Chargers and the Broncos there, but all four of the teams in the uh, uh, the AFC North save maybe the Steelers are in the thick of things here. The, the, the Ravens currently, I believe are, are holding the division lead right now, but I mean, it's very, very thin. You know, if they lose here and the, the Bengals manage to beat the Broncos on Sunday, I think the Bengals actually go back into first place in the AFC North. Like this is a big game and it has big playoff ramifications for the Broncos. Yeah. Before I get to that, I wanted to grab Joe Mannix's comment, right? Okay. Real quick. Cause we don't control our own fate. Not exactly. They don't fully control it, but I mean, there's a difference, and what I was meaning to say was that in a way they do because they have to go in and they have to win these games. If they want any chance, they have to win these games. If they go in and they drop multiples, I mean, they're playing three teams that are in the playoffs at the moment with the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. I mean, that's in a way how they control their own fate. Yes, they still need other help, but it all comes down to is that they got to they gotta play their games, they got to win their games, and go from there. 
Yeah. Uh, something to add to that. I actually found another simulator. It's not the one that we're using right now. Is the New York Times uh, playoff predictor simulator. And I clicked on if the Broncos managed to win all four of their games going throughout the, the rest of the season, they have like a 99% chance of actually making the playoffs. So, yes, they do control their own destiny by winning all of these games. If they get three wins, it's like 74% or 71% or something like that, that they make the playoffs. Just get in. Now, if they uh, if they win win all four of those games, I think the the probability of them getting the five seed is like seventy four percent or something like that. Like they they do if they, if they just go out and win these games and and do what they need to do, take care of a, two bad teams in a row. Well, not really bad teams, but uh, one middling team and one bad team in uh, the Bengals and the Raiders. They've already smashed the Chargers one time, so it's it's definitely fair to say that they could do that again take care of business against the Chargers, go into the Chiefs game, which they might be resting all their starters because by that point, if the Broncos beat the Raiders and the, and the Chargers again, uh, they could the Chiefs will very well likely be number one in the AFC West, and they could rest all their starters. The Broncos could go steal a game from the Chiefs there, win all four, and be the five seed in the AFC. Like, it's then, possible. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for joining us. Good yes. evening, Lance and Eric on the Dove Valley Divers. Go Broncos. And definitely go Broncos. And Orange Crush 2.0 saying we technically do control our own fate if we win out, which isn't likely because we beat the Bengals and Chargers on the way to winning out, and we just need the Colts and Browns to lose. Yeah, that's kind of what I was meaning by the fact that in a way they control their own fate. They still need help, but they can do it. And as for this Green Bay Packers-Baltimore Ravens game, the reason why this game can matter is if Green Bay wins, then you have Baltimore there with a right with the Browns and they're both going to be fighting for the division. So in a way you kind of want Baltimore to win to root for Baltimore to win this one to help get a lead on that division and clear up the wild card race. But again with Lamar Jackson with how he's playing and with how the Packers have been playing, I just don't think that'll be the case. And I think the Packers pull this one. Yeah, absolutely me as well. All right, so let's move on to the next week really fast. I want to grab this, Eric, while you get that loaded up. Uh, Venom Seeker jumping in here saying, uh, I'm worried. Uh, Cincinnati has a top five run defense, and if they take away the run from us, then our chances to win go down. We barely use any of our pass weapons at this point. And now I want to take a second here and, and kind of address this. Um, the Cincinnati run defense has been phenomenal, and it's a big part of their, their front five, front seven quite honestly. Um, DJ Reader is a, a guy that Broncos fans should be familiar with. They were rumored to be in chases uh, with, with him a couple of years ago when he was uh, an un, uh, unrestricted free agent. They also have Larry Ogunjobi, who was a guy that I like coming out of Baylor a few years ago. He's playing really good football. Uh, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard are doing a good job at the line of, line of scrimmage, um, controlling the point of attack and stuff like that. But it's the linebackers. And it, hopefully they're going to be able to go. Um, it doesn't sound like Logan Wilson will be able to go. And maybe not even Jermaine Pratt. And those are the two things, the two players that stir the drink for that defense. Like, quite honestly, they fly all over the field. Great athletes. So the Broncos could catch a break with the with the Bengals not having their their two guys in the middle of their defense and Logan Wilson and, and Jermaine Pratt. Denver might be able to kind of get something established on the ground this week. Well, my question is, what are they? How are they top five? Like, what statistic are you looking at for it? I think it's rush yards per game allowed. Um. Well, I mean, yards per game is a terrible set to look at. Their EPA and their success rate against them, both of them, they're in the bottom 10, bottom oh, wow. 11 for those. And then for DVOA, I think they're ranked like 14th or 15th, which is middle of the pack. This is a run defense that they get they're, – they're a little bit better than those stats look like. And here's the issue with the yards per game is that they get put in bad positions with some turnovers that allows them to um, – that will help keep the run, the rushing yards a little bit down a little bit. And then also they've gotten to against some teams that are more of a rushing offense and they've been able to get some pretty decent, decent leads thanks to some broken coverages. I mean, if you look at the Baltimore Ravens game, that kind of hit, hit that as, at that as well. So EPA DVOA and their success rates. I mean, they're middle of the pack. I'm not as fearful of this Bengals rushing defense as others are. I mean, it's a solid unit. Don't get me wrong. And they can definitely go and game plan to stop the duo that is Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I just don't think it will come easily for them. And I think if they start to have early success again against it, I think Denver will very quickly go away from the run because we've seen that from Pat Shermer. And that would be a mistake on his end. Yes, it would. Uh, Travis jumping in here. Let's say that Denver does make the playoffs, and we'll get back to this conversation in a second. Uh, do you feel comfortable with Vic Fangio and company coming back, or do you think Peyton will want to make a tweak here or there? Uh, 
quite honestly, I'm I'm comfortable with Vic Fangio coming back. I am. I, like as, as so long as he's the head coach and so long as the special teams coordinator and the offensive coordinator get changed. Um, I'm also this sucks to say, and I, I I hate to have to say it. I'm also kind of comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater coming back on a one-year deal. If that means that the Broncos are going to go and draft a quarterback to groom behind him for that one year. Um, do I think that that happens? Probably not. Um, I think the Broncos are going to be heavily involved. If Vic Fangio's here, I think that it's going to probably be the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, and hopefully he can bring a, a Nathaniel Hackett or maybe a Mike McDaniel from um, from from San Francisco, uh, promote him to the full-time play caller, assistant uh, assistant head coach uh, to get that to, to be able to happen. Um, but yes, I am comfortable with Fangio coming back. Um. I'd be comfortable with it. I mean, he's shown multiple times that he has issues that will keep him from really being a great one. And as for what Lance said about Teddy, I'm not okay with him coming back. Like he's been the best quarterback that we've had in a while. And I know a lot of you people in chat are going to get angry at me for saying that. And I mean, there's so many statistics that you can show it and look at tape even shows it as well, but getting off track here, I'm just not okay with it because you would have to pay him. You'd have to pay him a decent amount. And quite frankly, he's not worth that. Like, no, you don't I, don't pay don't pay middle to bottom tier quarterbacks. Like, don't. Yeah, I I don't the the report that came out with him wanting twenty one to twenty five million dollars uh, the other day. I'm not in that camp. It, it, like, quite honestly, he's probably gonna get it from some team that's that's quarterback desperate. Um, I don't want to pay that, but if you can get him at 15, 16, maybe then, yeah, I would, I would be, I would at least think about that. Uh, Antonio Aragon jumping in here with the $5 super chat. What's up guys. I'll be at the game on Sunday going crazy. Hopefully we can secure the win and start a win streak. And Hey man, cheer loud, cheer proud. Uh, make sure you get some mile high magic going. The Broncos are going to need it. I mean, this, this Bengals team, they're, they're interesting. I'm not going to say they're scary. They they do have a scary explosive offense, but they are very interesting to watch. Uh, my stepson is actually a Bengals fan, so I'm going to have to tease him the entire time that this game is going. Uh, it's going to be really rough in the Bron- in the, the Sanderson household if the Bengals lose because he does not do losing very well. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. If they win, tell him I said he's sleeping outside. getting into the week 16 situations here and this is where the baltimore ravens and cincinnati Bengals. that's where it continues to come in because even if the Bengals win this week that'll get them to eight and seven a Bengals loss gets them to seven and seven and the browns loss will get them to seven and seven so that division is still a mess for a uh, you know appropriate way to put that it's still a mess and everything and so it still makes a mess for the playoff race and here since the we kind of want the ravens to go out and win the division mm-hmm. we want them to go out and beat the Bengals to help the broncos chances of getting a wild card because quite frankly i don't see the broncos winning the division with how the chiefs are playing that just seems like such a long shot so focus on the wild card spot here so this is one where the ravens need to go out and win and come away with it and it's the same thing with buffalo and new england Buffalo at eight and six, New England at 12 and four. You want New England to go out there and win it, keep hold of the division and keep Buffalo kind of struggling for a wild card spot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. And uh, shout out to Scott uh, running the ones and twos behind the scenes, jumping in here and saying that uh, Lamar Jackson was officially listed as questionable. So thank you for that for this week. Um, so and that low ankle sprain um, with a player like him, the explosiveness that he uses, the the quick cuts and stuff like that, that's going to hamper him if he does come out and play this week, which I think would probably be a mistake. Let him, uh, let him, you know, kind of rest for a little bit. They got a tough matchup against the Packers. Uh, the and the, with the way Green Bay is playing, especially offensively, it's going to be a tough one there. Um, if you can afford to take a loss, that would be one that you could have. So make sure you get Lamar Jackson healthy and let him take care of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals here now. The next game we have to talk about here is one that is probably not going to turn out the way that Broncos fans need it to turn out. And that is the Chargers versus the Houston Texans. Um, Unfortunately, Houston is one of the worst teams in the NFL. Obviously, you can see over to the left-hand side of the screen there. They're sitting at 2-14, and last place in the AFC South right now. Um, Well, 2-13, and but that 2-14 and is with a loss this week. Right, sorry. Um, So, yeah, so 2-14 and going into Week 16. but uh, Davis Mills has been really bad. It, like the the defense has not been playing great. They kind of play scrappy. They're 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 fired up. They show out, but they're just so there's such a lack of talent on that team. And the Chargers have a top 
probably six, five quarterback in the NFL and Justin Herbert, who is playing quite honestly, MVP level football. I mean, he's got over 30 touchdowns already this season and that offense is definitely scary. So Unfortunately, I don't think that it's going to happen this way, but the Broncos definitely need Houston to win that game if they can somehow manage to pull the upset. Yeah, and then going to the two games that are AFC-NFC crossovers, we've got Green Bay and Cleveland and Arizona and Indianapolis. And this is the one where both teams of the AFC, they're in that playoff hunt, so you want both teams on the NFC to win to help clear out that wild card race. And then, of course, going to Denver and Las Vegas. Short week, I think Denver can walk away with this one, especially after getting embarrassed in their last game about it. I think there'll be more drive from them to go out and win this one. But Denver, as we said, we're not. this isn't exactly how we think the season will go. It's just kind of showing what needs to happen to help the Broncos get to the playoffs. And this puts them in a good position, gets them at 9-6, and six, puts them in the fifth spot for the wild card race after for the first wild card spot after week 16 with two more weeks to go, which is a pretty good position. The Raiders will fall down to seven and eight. So there would be two games up on them. The Buffalo bills at eight and seven and um, chargers at nine and six are also right there taking up wild card spots. And then the Bengals and the Browns would be the other two that are seven and eight. And there'd be also pushing for the wild card spots as well. Yep. Um, Another quick cliff note on the Raiders game. And obviously the last time the Broncos got drummed, um, the the final score was not nearly indicative of what that game actually looked like. But quite honestly, that's the best game that the the Raiders have played since John Gruden got fired because he got fired two days before the game. Like they they had a a bump there. They went out there for for their new coach and Rich Passaccia um, and they played a a great game. Denver came out flat expecting probably expecting a flat matchup from the Raiders considering what they just had they just gone through um so after the jay or the john gruden thing happened then they have the henry ruggs incident and then damon arnett incident like this team's in a death spiral and it's only getting faster by the second so uh broncos taking care of the raiders uh, next week is probably about as mortal of a lock as you can get and hopefully they manage to piss pound the raiders because quadruple f the raiders all right uh week 17 Start us off with an amazing matchup. We've got KC and Cincinnati, and obviously uh, with Kansas City, you you at this point you almost want them to just win out and win the division because that makes the path for the Broncos to get to the playoffs the easiest. And it starts well, right here. You just to add in real quick, you also want Kansas City to win the next three weeks because that puts them in a good position to where they'll possibly want to rest their starters for that Week 18 matchup. Exactly. Yes, you're 100% right. And I alluded to that just a little bit ago. But uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, so coming into this week, would be sitting at 7-8. and eight, um, Probably on the outside looking in, I believe they're sitting at the uh, the 11th seed in, in the playoffs. So they're going to be on the outside looking in. Obviously, Kansas City winning the division, winning this game against the Bengals. That helps bolster the uh, the Broncos' playoff chances. Uh, they're sitting at 9-6. and six. Kansas City would move to 12-4 and four with this victory. And then another week of needing the Raiders to win because the Indianapolis Colts, as you can see on the side of the screen, they set at seven and eight. And one would put them at eight and eight, and that would help muddy up the playoff spot for the wild card spot for the or the wild card race with the Broncos. So as much as it sucks, you kind of want to root for the Raiders here, especially if the rate or if the Broncos win the week before. Now, if the Raiders beat the Broncos going into this week, then you want the Colts to win. Yep. So this is one that it depends on what happens in the Week 16 matchup, and that will vary with what you want the um, want to happen for the Broncos. But with how things stand, with how things stand now, you'd want the Raiders to win this one. You would want the Raiders to win. I I think that uh, the Colts will end up winning that football game because, like I said, the, the Raiders are just in a death spiral right now. They're not a good football team. Um, by uh, coming into this game, they could you could see Marcus Mariota starting at quarterback. Um, just to kind of see what they have in him, maybe get an offensive spark. They might potentially be even able to move on from Derek Carr after this season. So keep your eyes on that one, by the way. Uh, Andrew Baker jumping in here. Uh, what up, DVDD? Would you rather uh, keep Teddy Bridgewater and draft a quarterback or go for Rodgers and Wilson? MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life, uh, strong arm, glasses, the whole nine yards. Uh, this is an easy answer for me. It would be in this particular order. Uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and then go to the draft. Um, and if you could figure out a way to swindle Derek Carr from the Raiders this season. I'd be really interested in that as well. Eric. There's a long list of quarterbacks I'd go before I'm looking at a quarterback in this draft. Yeah. I am like also there <laughs> with you too. But... A little bit of time watching them again this week, see how, what they've done over the rest of the season. And my grades for them all actually dropped a little bit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, so, so 
I've, I've watched enough Matt Corral to know that I'm not necessarily sold on him. And everyone says that he's the best quarterback in this draft. I've watched enough Kenny Pickett to say, eh, I mean, if I was picking the, in the 25 to 30 range, then sure. I'd take a flyer on him as a fifth round option, kind of a guy just to, you know, ensure you get that. Uh, Carson Strong. Hey, so I did see a report there, Eric. I'm not sure if you saw this. Uh, uh, Carson Strong saw an independent NFL uh, doctor. They did an MRI on his knee. He's fully cleared and says, and the the, the doctor said that there should not be any um, future ramifications. I don't know the truth to that, but I did see that earlier yesterday. The person that that came from is Jim Nagy. He's the guy in charge of the senior bowl and everything like that. Uh And um, yeah, I would take that report with a grain of salt. That's fair. Uh, Anyways, um, on that thing, they each have their issues. I mean, and the fact with Carson Strong is that he still has um, has had three knee surgeries in it. Michael Ronquillo came in with some stars real quick. Thank you, Michael, for your continued support for yeah, man, this show you. and every other one. And then with Kenny Pickett, this was amazing to me. Like, Chad's going to get mad at me again because I'm going to be talking about hand size here. But Kenny Pickett's reported to be eight and a quarter inch hands. That is ridiculously small. Just for the record, there's only been two quarterbacks that have in 670 quarterbacks over the last 37 years, only two quarterbacks have had smaller hands than that. Only one quarterback has had the same size hands as him, and that was a guy who went undrafted, Kevin Davidson, out of 2020. And now we're talking about Kenny Pickett as a top 10 pick. There's a reason why hand size has an impact on it. It deals with ball control in bad weather. We know that Kenny Pickett wears two gloves. I mean, the joke is that he's Kenny two gloves because there's some similarities there in his style to Teddy Bridgewater. There is. But the issue is that we've seen him play in bad weather and the gloves didn't really help him all that much. So, and Scott, Scott jumping in here saying my 12 year old has nine and a half inch hands and I'm going to, I will spoil it out. I was curious, legitimately curious about how big my hands were uh, a couple weeks ago. I measured my hands out eight and uh, eight and three eighths of an inch. Like I have tiny hands. Okay. I I really do. I could not play quarterback in the NFL. First off, I, I have a decent arm, but not great. And my hands are too small to hold the football and a side note on to Kenny Pickett as well. He also has 27 career fumbles while at Pittsburgh. 27 fumbles like that's a ridiculous amount of times putting the ball on the ground that's a flaw and that's something that teams are gonna have to vet and with his small hand size it's probably gonna check out that that's the big issue and it's gonna drop his drop his draft rock i also don't like his arm strength i don't think he has the strongest arm strength in the world he's a decent enough athlete you might be able to get him to work for a couple of seasons but spot starter maybe uh and Nothing Nothing will get a guy to grab a measuring tape fast when they're talking about size. Uh, Clayton said, told Zach and Chad that yesterday he became a subscriber. Hey, thank you for subscribing on. And uh, that's awesome. It gives you access to plenty of other content that we put out on Facebook. So thank you for that. I mean, it's yeah. another way you support the shows. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that, Clayton. Uh, Dustin jumping in here. Uh, we would need a quarterback guru to develop anyone in this draft, and we don't have that. Well, uh, that's, a, that's sure. just the thing here. Um, like like I said earlier, I think that the uh, the Broncos are going to eventually move on from Pat Shermer this 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 off season. I think it's going to be if not right at the end of the season, right after the season. Um, just this this offense hasn't been good enough, guys, and it, it lies at his feet. He gets indignant with the press. He it just doesn't seem to change anything. Like Pat Shermer's not going to be around. They're going to get a new offensive system and a guy that probably has some history with developing quarterbacks. Hint, um, Daryl Bevel, hint, Mike McDaniel, and hint, Nathaniel Hackett. So those are probably the three guys you're going to be looking at. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that I, I agree with you, but uh, that that's going to change. That's going to change. The Broncos are going to do something to, to fix that. Quarterback gurus are a thing of fiction. Michael Ronquillo came in with some more stars saying, great show tonight, Lance and Eric, and the Devali- on the Devaldi drivers, go Broncos. Thank you, Michael, Thanks, Mike. again, for your continued support. And getting back to the playoff race, I mean, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, this is another one where you actually kind of want the Steelers to win this one to beat the Browns because, again, that muddied up AFC playoff race for the wild card spot. You want them to win. And, of course, this is one where Denver, they got to hit at least those three wins and unsure of what the Chiefs will do week 18 Winning the next three is key, so they need to win this one to help their spot. And then anything to help clear up the AFC playoff race, nothing can help that more than an NFC team beating an AFC team. 
So it would be nice to see Atlanta beat Buffalo, but I'm not sure that actually happens. I'm still going to kick it, click on Atlanta here because I want to show, basically do it for the playoff standings after the season if things were to fall this way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Travis Weber jumping in here again, man. Holy cow. Thanks, Travis. We appreciate you, big dog. Uh, if Wilson and Rodgers or Carr doesn't happen for Denver, would you guys be uh, be okay with maybe Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, or Cousins, or stick with Teddy? Um, of the four names listed there, Cousins is the most intriguing one. I'm not sure if he'd want to come to Denver. Um, he has some ties there with uh, George Payton, so maybe that would be something. Um, and Teddy probably would be – third on that list behind uh, Tarod Taylor. Honestly, I, I I'm not a Marcus Mariota fan in any way, shape or form. How I think it is for the Broncos. This is just my opinion on it. Based on stuff I've heard based on rumors, things like that is Wilson's target. One Rogers is target two. cousins is target three. Then you might see Derek Carr there if he becomes available, but I doubt Raiders would trade him in division and then Matt Ryan, Ryan's in there, but that depends on what Antline is going to be doing with Matt Ryan. Well, and Matt Ryan has like $40 million in dead cap space yeah. after the season. Like there's there's not a, a clear path for him to be traded anyways because the, the Falcons would be on the hit for a massive hit to their salary cap. And I mean, I know they're rebuilding. They've, they've got a long ways to go yet, but they, they need to hold on to Matt Ryan for at least another season before they can think about moving on from him. And that was the big thing with their the extension they gave them before the draft was that it kind of yep. locked them in place for a couple of years. Yep. And that was one reason why a lot of people started being more comfortable saying that they're not going to go for a quarterback. They're going to go try for a last ride with Matt Ryan and then go off from there. Um, so I don't yep. think Matt Ryan will be available. I just think if somehow for some reason he was, then he's probably like that fifth or sixth guy on the Broncos list. Yeah, Jordan jumping in. Hey, man. What's up, man? How we doing? Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Uh, so we're sitting here at week 18. Uh, Eric, why don't you scroll down really fast and show where we're at as far as the Broncos record? I believe we're sitting at 10 and 6, which is a mark that everybody says. If you have, if you're going to get into the playoffs in the AFC picture right now, you have to get to 10 wins. This is the one. And obviously, we talked about it a little bit earlier um, with the Chiefs sitting at 12 and 4. They've already uh, clinched the division. There's no way that they can lose that out. They are probably going to be sitting most of their starters, if not all of them, getting ready to go. And as, as you can see here, they're sitting as the number three seed in the AFC. So they don't have the first round by. They're going to have to kind of get the guys rested up as, as much as they can so that they can be prepared for wild card weekend to go. And I believe that they would be playing the char yeah, the Chargers if, it, if this, the season were to end at that point they would be playing the chargers as the number six seed denver would get the number four seed i believe is how that works and they would be playing uh, at the baltimore ravens so that'd be a rematch from earlier this year um tennessee would then get the number the uh the number seven seed there as well um so obviously to, to help the Broncos out even just a little bit more, maybe get them, uh, they're sitting currently at the five seed, so maybe lock this into the five seed. Uh, you would need the Jets to beat Buffalo, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, and as of right now, it looks like the, the Bills would be out of playoff. Well, no, if the Bills win, they jump to the number seven seed. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the Bills winning that game would uh, – would jump them into the playoffs. It would probably, it would kick the, uh, who was the seven seed? They're the Chargers. The Raiders. The, Ra the Raiders. How are the Raiders at the seven seed? The whole AFC West would be in the playoffs. That's wild. Unreal. <laughs> uh, before we get back, uh, Joe jumping in here with a very generous super chat. We appreciate you, man. Uh, all I'm asking for Christmas is the Broncos somehow make the playoffs and get a new coach and a new quarterback next year. I know that those three things are somewhat conflicting, but I can hope. A great show tonight. Go Broncos. Um, Eric, what do you think about that? I mean, I can't really disagree. I would like for them to make the playoffs. Um, just, I mean, my birthday is quite uh, sad when the Broncos aren't in the playoffs. So, but uh, it'd be nice to have them there. It'd be nice for them to have a game that weekend and uh, something to root for for my birthday and everything like that. And I know that's selfish, but and getting a new quarterback, I mean, I think that's in the in the docket no matter what. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a Broncos win for my birthday this last Sunday, even though it was kind of somber um, with DT's passing and everything. But at least we got to see the Broncos dominate the Lions and get a good win for my birthday. So I can definitely uh, appreciate that. Um, the one thing that I will say is I think that uh, Vic Fangio, if the Broncos make the playoffs, I think he's coming back next season. Hell, he might be coming back next season anyways. Um, which would no. – Really? 
Uh, if he doesn't, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I highly, highly, highly doubt he's back. Okay. And if he makes the playoffs, I think it's more likely, but I wouldn't say it's guaranteed. Right, and, and that's and that's fair, uh, especially given you know we've seen three years of this. Um, one season does not erase the um, the lasting memory of the last two seasons, and quite honestly, the last four seasons. Even though that doesn't have anything to do with Vic Fangio, um, oh. but new blood coming in, especially if they're going to go out and, and bring in a quarterback like a Russell Wilson, that would be the move that you would you would make. You could see the Broncos make the playoffs still turn over the roster, bring in Dan Quinn, Daryl Bevel, and Russell Wilson, keep uh, the – excuse me, turn over the coaching staff, keep uh, the roster intact, bring in uh, Dan Quinn, Russell Wilson, Daryl Bevel, something like that, move forward into this next season, become legitimate playoff and Super Bowl contenders. You kind of hit the nail on the head as to why I don't think it's guaranteed if Vic Fangio makes the playoffs that he's back is because if you want one of those veteran quarterbacks and Russell Wilson's kind of made it clear that he wants more control – or more say in the coaching staff, Aaron Rodgers. That was part of his issue there. So coming in and bringing them and saying, hey, you're stuck with this head coach. You're not going to have any say. Probably not the best start. Right. I think that they might be able to sell them on Vic Fangio as a head coach if they give him a say in the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Unofficially, of course, because that would be tampering. And, you know, no one in the NFL tampers. Um, no, but anyways, you- getting back to the playoff race here. Um, as you mentioned with the Jets and the Buffalo, I mean – this one, it matters, but it matters if the Broncos lose. So you want the Jets to win this one. And then Cincinnati and the Bengals, you'd actually want the Bengals to win since Denver has the head to head over them and like the Cleveland Browns if they beat them this week, of course. Yeah. And then Jacksonville, you would want them to be Indy because eight. I mean, actually, this one, at this that point, one this one wouldn't matter. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. matter. So we can go ahead there. And then Pittsburgh, that one wouldn't matter either. So really, I mean, at this point, things would be cleared up. You want Denver to win, but if Denver loses, they go to ten and seven. And if the Chargers beat the Raiders, that's where things get. That's where things get weird. Well, Denver can oh. actually, if Denver can win the next three weeks and things fall this way, Denver would be the fifth seed still. Which is one reason why we were talking about. I was wanting to do this is because this is why this is how, in a way, Denver controls their own fate. They still need help, yes. But as long as they can win three of the next four games, they have a really good shot of making the playoffs. And, of course, it'd be nice to see the Raiders go out and beat them just because, hey, it'd be fun to say that all four teams in the division had winning records. Mm -hmm. But, again, it all depends. Uh, Jordan, jumping in here, I want to ask you a question here, Eric, on the other side of this really fast, um, because it actually is very intriguing to me. Uh, Jordan, jumping in here, uh, saying, I like it when we have to rely on other teams. Shaking my head, uh, LOL. Yeah, uh, it's it's not necessarily fun to rely on other teams, but like Eric just said, the Broncos really do control their own destiny. Now, on the flip side of that, there is something, I mean, if they just keep winning football games, they're going to get into the playoffs, guys. We just kind of proved it to you there. I want you to leave this the way you have it here, Eric. You have um, the Week 18 game against the Char- or against the Chiefs. You have the Chiefs winning that football game. I want you to go back to the Chargers game. Uh, so it'd be the Week 17 game, I believe. If you could go back to the Week 17 game, and I want you to click on that and let's see what that does to the playoff picture. It kicked Denver out of the playoffs. The Broncos have to win against the Chargers. Absolutely have to win against the Chargers. They have to win these next three games. And if they if they if they do manage to steal the game from the Chiefs, they jump back into it. Um, I, or at least I'd imagine that's how it would work out. But, uh, um, yeah, they, they have to win these next three games. If they have any hopes of playing in the playoffs this season, they have to win Cincinnati. They have to beat the Raiders, and they have to beat the Chargers. Plain and simple. That's just yep. how it works. And now I'm going to pull it off the screen real quick so I can set up a, another scenario real quick. So go ahead and just talk to the chat for a minute. All right, let me go through the chat really here really fast. Um, Joe Mannix thinks that Her- Justin Herbert is going to get uh, Justin Herbert is going to get revenge on the Broncos, and that very well could be. Um, the one thing I will say is that the last two times that the Broncos have played Justin Herbert, they've pretty well contained him, especially this last time. Um, the Chargers were looking for answers all over the place. It was close there for a minute. Obviously, um, the Drew Locke came in, and, and it was just kind of weird there for a minute. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater ended up getting hurt. The Broncos came back. Um, it took the lead again late in the in the second half. Uh, it was a really good football game by the uh, by the Broncos there. Um, and the, the defense has figured out ways to stop these elite quarterbacks. I mean, Pat Mahomes, 
the Broncos have held to 22 points the last two times that they played him. Um, Herbert as well. Um, they have the, the overtime win last season with Drew Locke against Justin Herbert. So I, I don't. I mean, I could see them getting revenge on the Broncos this week uh, that uh, in that Week 17 game. But at the same time, I mean, the Broncos have a formula and it's working at least for this point. Um, and Jay Kozad, exactly. It's a very astute point. If the Broncos win all four, it won't matter, and they are in. And quite honestly, if they win all four, they would be the five seed. It's like a, a 99% chance if they win all four, they would be the five seed in the, in the AFC playoffs. They would need help to get the five seed. If they win all four, they're in the playoffs. Yep. Um, There's, I mean, no matter how other things win, the Colts can win out. Um, it's because of who they play. The biggest thing is beating the Bengals and the Chargers. They have to win those two games to make the playoffs, but if they win all four, they're based, they're in. I mean, that's, you control your own fate that way. Yep. And that's kind of the, the big premise there. And that's why people say a lot of the time that they control their own fate. They're not looking for a late season win and then six scenarios on the other side of that to help them squeak into the playoffs. And maybe, you know, like the Buffalo Bills a couple of seasons ago, I think that was the, the first time they made the playoffs in 25 years. They squeaked in at nine and seven and needed three teams to lose after they won their week six or uh, week 17 game. And they somehow managed to squeak in behind to Rod Taylor. So, uh, it's not that kind of a scenario here. The Broncos are in very good shape considering where they're sitting and considering the, the past five seasons. This is, again, it's the biggest football game that the Broncos have played in December in five seasons, guys. Like, we, we're, we're in the thick of things here. I can actually show it to you. This is with the Bengals winning going three and one. This is with Buffalo winning out, Indianapolis winning out. Denver's at 10 and seven They with losing to Kansas City. You have them win. They're 11 and six. They're the seventh seed. Like, Win all four games, they're in the playoffs. They don't need help for that. There you go. All righty, guys. I'm going to scroll through this one more time. Or Eric, do you want to get into this Bengals game really fast and do some some Bengals breakdown, or do we want to kind of keep through and uh, scrolling through the chat and find some find some? There was one comment here. I saw earlier about an article I did talking about the Broncos pass rush. Which did you know that the Broncos' second leading pass rusher in total pressures was is Von Miller? Yes, I did know that actually. And Draymond Jones. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they need edge help, like bad. bad. Um, Malik Reed is bad. Um, Jonathan Cooper, he's flashing. He's all right. I think Good. he's vastly overhyped. He, he's definitely he's outplayed draft position for yeah. a seventh round pick. He's exceeded expectations that you expect out of most seventh round picks. There's no arguing that. Bradley Chubb, he's still working his way coming back. Denver could use him to really start to come back, especially this week because Draymond Jones will be out and can or is doubtful which is highly unlikely he'll play. Kenny Ugg is also doubtful, which is highly unlikely to play. They really need um, Bradley Chubb to step it up. They need Malik Reed to step it up. They need these guys to step up because you got to be able to apply pressure on Joe Burrow. Um, but anyways, talking about the question actually was about who I would target is this is a good year for edge help. Yes. I think there's some quality edges that Denver can look at, even if they don't have their first round pick, even if they only have one second round pick and one third round pick, sending three of them for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers of those first five picks. There's still some edge talent that they can go look at and go get and try to help add to it. And that's how I'm not familiar with the veteran free agent class or the free agent class for edges at the moment. Dude. I could definitely go look it up. The the one name that I'm actually intrigued by, and it's specifically because of like you're gonna laugh well, at me for this, but how well he has played for the Broncos after they went and traded for him is Stephen Weatherly. He's not gonna be a guy that you're gonna come in and be a, a full time starter or anything like that, but as a rotational pass rusher and uh, just a depth guy, I've been pretty impressed with Stephen Weatherly. Like honestly, if he wants to come back on a one year cheap deal, one and a half, two and a half million dollar deal, something like that, I'm all for that for sure. I mean, he's he's got a couple of sacks. He's doing really well holding up in the, holding up the edge in the running game. Like it's been in limited limited snaps for sure, but the more quality depth you can get that can actually come in and play the better, like honestly, and with the, with the need at the edge position for the Broncos in general, I mean, obviously the, the future is not bright. Well, I guess it's bright, but looking bleak, at least for Bradley Chubb, um, as you said, Malik Reed has been bad. Jonathan Cooper sells a long way to develop. He's got to get way more consistent holding the edge. Andre Mintz has flashed at times, but Steven Weatherly has been, Honestly, the most consistent edge rushing player that the Broncos have had in the last four weeks. It's been kind of crazy. Yeah, and as for veteran options, I mean, Von Miller, of course, Denver can yeah. go do uh, the whole 
sneaky sneaky thing and go bring him back. Chandler Jones is another one. Yep. And how awesome would it be to go out there, get a veteran quarterback, and then bring getting a second and third for Von Miller and then bringing them back? Doubt it happens, but that'd be awesome. That'd be fun. Um, Clowney's one, Hassan yeah. Reddick, okay. Melvin Ingram, Chandler Jones. Like, there's some really good talent out there at Edge in the free agent class. So there's definitely options for it. And going back to Travis Weber, um, as for what teams need the help from the most, the Bills and the Colts, really. If Denver wants to get higher than a seventh seed, then they need them to lose. Denver wins out, they get the seventh seed. Getting higher, they need Colt, they need a couple of losses, a loss, at least a loss, I believe, from both of them, maybe two from the Bills and one from the Colts. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. They need the Raiders but, to win. They they honestly they need the Raiders to win a couple of games. Like that's yeah. the that's the big thing. And I, I believe one of those games is the Raiders versus the is it the Raiders versus the Colts? Or is it I can't remember what the, there, there's one specific game is week uh, week 17 that the, the Broncos needed the, the Raiders to win. Um and that that would definitely have would help them for sure because obviously the Raiders stand below them. If the Broncos so they probably should lose this week, they'll lose next week to the to the Broncos. If they win again in week uh 17 and week 18, they actually have an opportunity that, that would be a big help for the Broncos because the, the the Raiders would play the Chargers in week 18. So that would that would help the the, the Broncos massively. And then real quick for Clayton, um, Heron and Travis Weber in here, they're asking about the trickle zone. Um, right now, this was the last week for the trickle zone this year. I'll be back after the new year because the holidays are pretty busy for me. I won't be on Dove Valley Deep Divers next week. I will be on the following week. Again, holiday time is super busy for me and my family. Um, but trickle zone, we're still we're trying to figure out what day it's going to be on going forward. Um, with Due to health issues with my mom, we had to move it away from Saturday. We moved it to Monday, and then some issues started coming up. Um, so we moved it Wednesday, and Wednesday just kind of was a bomb. So we're looking into it. We're doing some research. And as soon as I know, I'll let you guys know. But right now, it's just on hiatus for temporarily until after the new year. Yeah. But thank you guys for you know the support and stuff like that. And it'll be back. And by the time it's back, the focus is going to be almost 100% on the draft. Of course, Denver wins these next two games and we're come back. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff on the playoffs too, but we're getting ready to get to the draft time. And that's when, you know, the trickle zone definitely shines. Yeah. Uh, big supporter of the show here. Todd Osendorf jumping in here. Uh, did McTelvin and Geem disappear? Uh, yes, but no. They've had him for the majority of this season as a game day inactive. Uh, this, you might actually see McTelvin and Geem this week, honestly, because Draymond Jones dealing with, a, I believe it's a foot injury. Um, as Eric said earlier, his uh, his availability is doubtful for this game. Uh, that would be the the natural slot for uh, McTelvin and Geem to be able to come in and uh, get some snaps. And he's uh, when he's been out there, he's actually flashed. He had a really good game. I believe it was a Chargers game where when he jumped in. Uh, had uh, multiple pressures. I think he had a sack in there as well. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see McTelvin and Game, and hopefully he develops a little bit better as a as a run defender because that's the reason they haven't been using him. He's just not good enough against the run right now. He's got to develop some more functional strength and uh, be a little bit more disciplined. Like quite honestly, he's got to be way more disciplined and stop penetrating gaps so much. Him and Mike Purcell, I have issues with both of those guys as far as their penetration is concerned. Uh, John Clay uh, eventing jumping in here with a generous super chat. We appreciate you, John. Uh, so long as the Broncos go three and one throughout, losing to the Chargers would not matter. The most likely yes, scenario at ten. Yes, it would. The, the if they if they Chargers. lose to the Chargers, they need a lot more help to get even the seventh seed. Um, if they go four and or, they guarantee themselves the seventh seed. Three and one, they're not guaranteed. They need help. They have to if they want in. They have to go four and zero. Um, the most likely scenario is at at most scenario at ten and seven. They are the sixth seed. Um, possibly, but again, they need help for that to get to that point. They need multiple losses from the Colts. They need someone to clear out in the um, AFC South. They need um, help from the Chargers a little bit. They need help from the Raiders to win some games. Like winning four games, they're in three and one. They're likely, but they will need a lot more help for that. And then going back on McTelvin Ajim, um, he's one. He's played twenty snaps against the Chargers. That was the game he did. 19 of those were against the pass, were as a pass rusher, and he had five total pressures with one sack and one hit. That is ridiculously efficiency, except that he's not consistent enough, and there was definitely a focus on others around him that allowed him to win. Denver needs him to step up with Draymond Jones out. They need him to definitely improve his run defense, which has been why he has been out there. Shamar um, Steven has just been better as a run defender. 
Um, but I mean, he's played, he's played a total of 77 snaps this season, 50 of them as a pass rusher. And he's acquired, he's picked up eight total pressures. Like he's got to, he's got to do better. And hopefully we'll see him kind of be a little bit more consistent going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. I want to grab this one from Savage Boy Kev, uh, Kev over on Twitch. Got to give a shout out to our Twitch supporters, guys. Uh, Eric, how has Quinn Miners been playing in your opinion? I saw that play uh, earlier where he bullied that defender. What do you think about Quinn Miners? I mean, he's been the when he's out there, he's been the best offensive lineman for the Broncos, actually. Um, smaller sample size than some of the other guys out there, of course. I mean, he had um, what game was it that he was absolutely awful? Um, uh, the uh, uh, the Chiefs game. He was not very good in the Chiefs. Yeah, he game. was. I mean, the whole offensive line was absolutely terrible against the Chiefs, and he really struggled. But outside of that game, he's been the strongest offensive lineman out there, pretty consistently. He's got some hiccups as a pass rusher, which is where the Chiefs really owned him at. They crossed his face multiple times. Um, run defender. He's a bully. He's big. He's physical. He fits the style that they're looking to. And it's nice to see that the run game they've kind of settled down on what type of running offense they want to be instead of pulling things from everywhere and just being so convoluted that you have no direction and you're asking guys to do so many times. And that would be, explain why there was so much um, for basically communication issues up front in the run game earlier on and why that settled down a little bit. But he's been playing really well. He looks like to be a hit for. Um, be a big hit in the third round for it yeah yeah absolutely i, I just looked up at the clock and we've got uh we're sitting at you know triple digits on the hour hand right now well at least well i guess triple digits on the minute hand uh yeah we're at our hour time limit guys we haven't even got to the uh the Bengals game um guys I, I think we're gonna end it here um and kind of move forward with the rest of our weekend and thank you all for joining the dove valley deep divers podcast uh, I encourage you guys all to head on over to milehighhuddle.com and uh, check out the Mile High Huddle Roundtable piece where we give our picks and predictions. I am a little shaky on this football game, specifically for the uh, explosive offense that the, the Bengals possess. But, uh, yeah, head on over to milehighhuddle.com where you guys can check out all of that. Scott, I'm going to grab the ones and twos really fast here and run through uh, – some of our matters of business here. Thank you all for joining us on the Dub Valley Deep Divers podcast. You guys can find me on Twitter by fa- uh, following me at Sanderson MHH and for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also for Scott at Scout Kennedy. That's the easiest way to get him and shout out to him for running the ones and twos tonight. Also guys at DVDD underscore pod. That's the Valley Deep Divers uh, podcast account. We're going to find what we're talking about every single Friday. We post up there on uh, Friday, typically about four o'clock in the afternoon. What's going to be, what's going to be uh, coming out uh, takes every now and again, but not very often. Also, guys, while you're at it, at Mile High Huddle, that's the mother account. That's where you're going to get breaking news and analysis on your Denver Broncos, uh, film breakdowns, opinion articles, anything regarding the Broncos. That's where you guys are going to find it. Uh, Facebook supporters, make sure you guys go to facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Click a blue Become a Supporter button, and that's where you're going to get the trickle zone coming back after the new year. Uh, Kelberman's Corner, and um, you're also going to get Broncos Book Club with Chad Jensen. Uh, Scott, you got something here? Uh, uh, oh, Travis jumping in with some more stars, man. Thanks, Travis. Dude, you've been a superstar tonight. We really appreciate that. Very, very generous of you, and thank you again. Uh, great show, Eric and Lance. Thank you, and have a great weekend. Go Broncos. And Travis, thank you. Again, thank you for all of your support. Uh, without you, dude, we couldn't do what we do best. Um, you have a great weekend as well, and as obvious, as always, go Broncos. Um uh, let's see here, uh, guys, if you're financially able to do so, um, go on over to huddleuppod.com. That's the merch tent. That's where you guys are going to get yourself a Dove Valley Deep Divers po- uh, podcast hat like the one that Eric has on his head right now. I've also got the Mile High Huddle State of Being hoodie on right now. Um, there's uh, there's face masks, coffee cups, onesie for your baby, anything to suit your fancy. Uh, if that's your bag, head on over to huddleuppod.com. Get your merch on, guys. That's that's where you're going to be able to find that. Um, Plenty of great options for holiday gifts. Yes, absolutely. Great options for holiday gifts. Make sure you guys are supporting all of your favorite shows on the uh, Huddle Up Podcast Network. And guys, if you're not financially able to do so, or that's not your bag. You don't want to throw stars or to, to super chat. It, like it, It's great. We, we understand. It, times are rough right now. It, it's fine. Obviously, the holidays are right around the corner. You do you, boo-boo. And we appreciate you for being here anyways. But you guys need to do us all a big favor. Like I've said multiple times over the last two years of doing this, uh, subscribe. Wherever you guys are watching this on YouTube especially, but Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, 
wherever it's at. Subscribe, follow Mile High Huddle. Uh, like every video you guys see on all social media platforms because that helps out a lot. But if you really want us to get out and help us the most, the most organic way you guys can help us is by sharing everything you guys see. If you love it, share it. Get in front of as many Broncos fans as humanly possible because, it, again, without your guys' support, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, I'm going to roll into the, the chat really fast one time, see if I can find anything. But before we get out of here, hey, Michael dropped some more stars. And thank you again, Mike. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Eric, any last words? Yeah, I got, I got a couple I want to say to Clayton. Congratulations, man. Keep it up. Yes. Um, family gets a lot of it. Always is great support and great reason to do anything. Um, as I said, I won't be here next week. Next week's Christmas Eve, so I'm going to be out doing stuff with my with my family for that. And so I hope everybody who celebrates Christmas in the chat, I hope you guys have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Those of you who don't, I hope you guys have a happy or merry whatever holiday you happen to celebrate festivus kwanzaa hanukkah which i know is what is over by now i believe about yeah, I to end I, i'm right at the end all, i'm always confused as to when hanukkah is but i hope you guys as well has a have a wonderful holiday um i'll see you guys here in two weeks from now on new year's eve to not necessarily ring in the new year but you know celebrate the final moments i think we'll, at that point we'll probably be talking about best moments from the season from this year for the broncos yep um but uh it's going to be yes. perfect. It's, have, it's, have, have a wonderful holiday. Yeah, it's, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be the year in review, uh, the year in review show that you and I always do the, the best moment of the year, worst moment of the year. Um, it, it's going to be fun. I cannot wait. We actually get to do that on new year's Eve. So that's going to be an absolute blast. I didn't even think about that. That's great. Um, guys, a uh, quick announcement here um, from me, obviously Eric said, and uh, we all know next Friday is Christmas Eve. Um, I'm not sure exactly with Eric being gone. I know he's already got plans. And as he just said, he's not going to be here. Uh, I'm not sure what I have going on yet. There will be an announcement coming soon on if we have a Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast on Christmas Eve or not. Um, that could be uh, so just honestly, just because family time, it, it's Christmas. Everyone needs to be spending time with their families. Um, I have a family as well. Obviously, I've got three kids, a beautiful wife at home. So there may not be a Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. You will find out. Again, guys, follow me at Sanderson MHH and also the uh, the at, uh, at Mile High Huddle account and also at Huddle Up Pod too. Uh, we'll put an announcement out there. Um, if and, nothing else, I will try to maybe try to, uh, I will try to maybe find a, uh, a, a another co-host and do a quick show for you guys um, just to keep the, the live shows every single day. But there is a significant possibility. We will not be doing Dove Valley Deep Divers next week. Holidays are the only time where it's okay to go full Vin Diesel. What? Family. Oh yeah. Yes. I got it. I got it. Now I was, <laughs> I was thinking bald, but for, uh, <laughs> well, that's definitely not the case. Uh, yeah, that's definitely not the case for me. But anyways, guys, thank you all for joining us on the Dove Valley deep divers Pro podcast. We appreciate and love every single one of you guys support you all stay safe. Take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always go Broncos. We'll see you guys same time, same place. Well, maybe not next week, but we'll see you again, at least on new year's Eve. And again, announcement coming soon uh, at Sanderson MHH. We'll see you guys later. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.